Welcome back to Geekish Cast, episode 48. Does whatever the last Spider-Man couldn't. guys so by now we've all seen the new civil war trailer what did what did you think paul uh paul what did you think of the trailer overall nothing in specific i liked it uh i think this is going to probably be bigger than the uh second avengers but it won't beat the first one that's a lot of heavy lifting to beat that first Avengers. exactly but i think yeah. it's going to be right there beside the first one there uh Second one didn't have enough. I thought it was just something was lacking in that second movie. Oh, sure. There was something lacking. And here's the thing. That first Avengers movie, nothing like that had been done yet. Exactly. And by the time this Civil War movie comes out, there will have been Batman versus Superman, Avengers 1 and 2. There's going to be a lot of crossover movies. Oh, do you guys hear that there's going to be a 23 Jump Street slash Men in Black crossover? Oh, jeez. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So the shared universe is here, and it's here to stay for quite a while. And the novelty that was with it when the first Avengers came out is gone. Now, that being said, I think Civil War is going to stomp all over Avengers 2. Right, because now it's a case of how do you do it bigger and better. Mm-hmm. You could kind of float there for a few for a year or two, but now this thing is going to be insane. And I've always had a little bit of an issue with the Marvel movies, and let me just lay it out real quick what it is. Marvel doesn't own the film rights to the X-Men. Marvel doesn't own the film rights to the Fantastic Four. Marvel doesn't own the film rights to the word mutant. And possibly, just as, if not more importantly, Marvel, until now, hasn't had the rights to your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. How big of a get is it for them to be allowed, not his complete rights, but to have him in this movie? Oh, it's a, it's a get, but it's not... Marvel didn't do anything special to get it other than succeed where Sony will fail. And has failed and failed and failed. Well, they kind of set the plate for Sony to fail as well, right? They kind of gave them enough rope to go and hang themselves and then well, offer I mean, them either. Sony and, and, and Sam Raimi had a great thing going, especially for the first two Spider-Man movies, but then Sony mm-hmm. pushed for a third to have Venom in it, and that's not really his area. And well, Raimi and likes then, the old Spider-Man, not the uh, newer stuff. Right. But doesn't it go back to possibly a license agreement with Sony that they have to use the either Spider-Man or the characters in a movie or they lose it? Yeah, there is so, a use-it-or-lose-it clause with all, actually with all of those deals, right. which is why we... So at some point, we, did, stu, uh, did the studio come along and say, okay, we need to start using Venom and all these other Spider-Man characters before they lose their license? Uh, no, because no, I don't okay. believe the licensing terms were separate per character. I believe as long as they made a Spider-Man movie every four four years? I can't remember what how long it was, but it was... 
as long as they made a Spider-Man movie every so many years, they kept all the terms of that license. Okay, it's, it's like a Spider-Verse kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, so it was probably then just the studio pushing to have all these characters because they thought they were popular. That's exactly what it was. And I think it was actually even a Marvel's guy... Um, whose name is, uh, I can't remember his name now. I think Sam Raimi didn't want Venom. Right. He said, well, no, we'll do Venom in the fourth. And then his Marvel liaison was like, no, you're going to do Venom now. You're going to push it in there. And like it has happened with every uh, superhero movie up to that point. Like Kevin Feige? Yeah, I think that was him. I think that was him. Or Avi Arad? Oh, yeah, Pro- yeah. Probably. Yeah, probably yeah. Avi. Yeah, it was Avi Arad, I believe. And But, like, a lot of movies at that point, they just finally you get to the point where it's like, fuck it, we'll have five bad guys in this one, and it'll be great. Batman Forever will be the hugest super, super movie ever made. Oh, and how about Batman and Robin? Uh, yeah, we've mm-hmm. got Mr. Freeze, we've got Poison Ivy, we've got Robin, we've got... Bane. Yeah. Yeah. So what they do is they just start stacking real heavy at the end there. And I think that's what happened to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies. You know, guys, real quick, before we, we focus more on this, did you see the uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies? Yes. I saw the first one, but not the second one, because, like you're saying, I thought the second one was overstuffed with villains. Okay, I saw the first one and not the second one, and I avoided the second one, because when they were getting ready for that, and all the movie studios had decided that the shared universe was the way of the future, that was the entire plan for Spider-Man 2 was to launch the Sinister Six. So I I stayed home. I skipped it. So I think we're all kind of in agreement there. I I actually enjoyed it. Did you? It was pretty good? Well, I look at it from the the Spider-Man costume point of view. They finally got the eyes right. Yeah. For the the McFarlane big eye look. Right. But what was kind of weird is it looked like his suit was made out of a basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Could you, can you sew basketballs? I didn't know you could. <laughs> they got them together somehow. Well, I guess this is true. It just the the material looked really strange. All right, so um, so getting back to Civil War, then last couple seconds of the trailer, Spidey shows up. What did you think of his overall look, uh, Paul? Uh, the look good. Mm-hmm. The voice, every sense in me went off saying it's a girl in the bodysuit. Okay, does it matter that it's supposed to be a 15-year-old Spider-Man? No, not at all. In fact, that... <laughs> still going with the no, Spider-Girl. Actually, huh? that may actually play well with the uh, the release of the fact that Marissa Tormey being the aunt, uh, she's, what, 54, 51 years old? He's 16? That's yeah. the, the age... That works for the age group. Oh, absolutely it does. But uh, then, and, but, uh, I'm sorry, but it? Aunt May is a MILF. <laughs> She's a. Uh, how would you even spell that one out? Great aunt, G A I L F. I guess I don't know. Probably spending too much time thinking on that one. But yeah, that that coming up um, should Aunt May be physically attractive? I mean, Sally Field was already uh, kind of. I mean, in her day, she was a very beautiful woman, mm-hmm. but she was still kind of attractive when she played Aunt May. So that was already weird enough. But now Marissa Tomei is just. I don't know. Is it too much? Uh, you take a look at some of her recent photos. I think she they'll downplay the super uh, beautiful look and have her more approachable look. Yeah, a little more dowdy looking. Yeah, I think that would work. She would, but because you're not going to see her coming out wearing a uh, 
corset, belt, leather pants, uh, spiked heels. Now, if she is... <laughs> that that would completely change I'm the uh, Spider-Man universe, wasn't it? I'll have posters for Aunt May. Yeah. <laughs> Doug, Doug, any thoughts on that? It doesn't really bother me at all. I mean... No? You know, as, as you get older, things get younger around you. What this about, is true. What about Spider-Man's outfit? Uh, the outfit, I thought, looks like an Alex Ross uh, painting. I thought they nailed it. I I really did, too. And I mean, I, some of the finer details were a little different, but I thought it looked really good. I, mean, I noticed if you listen closely, you can actually hear the eyes make a little whirring noise as they're adjusting. So it, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily an, an emotion kind of thing going on there. No, but it is expressive, isn't it? It is expressive. And they, that's what, yeah. what Eric Larson started doing in Spider-Man a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Now, you go through and you look at Spider-Man comics very often. His eyes were increasing and shrinking in size. Oh, yeah. It depended on the artist. Yep. I mean, I, but I it grew also, up with Ramada Senior as you know, my Spider-Man artist. Right. And then, you know, graduated up to McFarlane and then the uh, the image guys as they went through. Yeah. But uh, McFarlane used eye sizing as well as Spider-Man yes, to be expressed. Yeah, I thought so. Okay. Now, did you notice that the eyes themselves almost look like the aperture on a camera? That's what I think. Yeah, that, I th- that's what I think that sound is too. You got to listen. To it I thought, close. yeah, I thought that was really cool. I, I thought that way it's not just because when I first saw it, I'm looking at it like, well, that's weird. And you look a little closer, you're like, oh, it's a mechanism. So hmm. Tony Stark no. had a hand in this. Yeah, that's, that was the rumor that Stark designed this new costume for him. That he's got some sort of urbany hoodie that he's wearing originally, and then Stark gives him this thing. Well, you notice the name that Stark calls him, right? Oh yeah, Underoos. Uh, underoos. Mm. So that certainly seems to lean in the direction of when we find Spider-Man initially in this story, he's going to be wearing a homemade costume. And also, if you go back and you look at the Civil War comic, not that this is an exact adaptation of it, but Tony hooks Spidey up with some fancy duds in the Civil War story. So he can remove the helm. So he can tell the world who he is. Yeah. Hey, guess what, Peter? You're about to become unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> but but also, let's keep in mind in the comics that Spidey switched sides, much like Italy did both during both World Wars. So in that, he started off with Tony and then switched to Team Cap. Yep. So great, oh, great also, moment in Civil War comic book right there when he switched and went back to his old Spidey costume and kicked a whole bunch of ass on one page. Yeah, that's that when Reed Richard cool. says that's amazing, and Spidey says no, it's spectacular. <laughs> oh, that's good. I forgot all about that yep. line. That is good. Um, hey, so did you guys see? And I put it in the the pre-show email. The shooting title of the new Spider-Man movie is "The Summer of George." Are there any Seinfeld fans in the house? Yeah, yeah. There you okay. go. <laughs> yeah, all right, that can't be the, oh, the, the, the real title though. Well, no, it's, that's the shooting title, okay. just like the shooting title for uh, Return of the Jedi was Blue Harvest. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you know what this did make me wonder? You guys remember George Costanza oh, yeah. on Science Show. Oh, and Marissa What was, uh-huh, what actress had it for short, bald men, short, bald, pudgy men on that show? Marissa Tomei. Oh, that's Is right. There, if I cross my fingers and wish really, really hard right now, do we get Jason Alexander playing Uncle Ben? Oh, Uncle, that's interesting. Uncle Ben is getting upset. <laughs> this would be... I would pay to see this movie ten times if we got George Costanza as Uncle, Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben was going at it like a circus under the big top. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
the guy who shot me was angry that day, my friends. Oh, I would I would kill to see that moment. Oh, that would just be amazing. Uncle Ben's been eating garbage again. <laughs> well, I always take my shirt off when I use the bathroom. <laughs> Vandalay Industries, yeah. You don't think that would get a little distracting? Oh, yeah, but it'd be a distracting in a good way, wouldn't it? It really would be. So are you guys overall, are you looking forward to Civil War? Um, are you looking more forward to Civil War? Is there something else you're looking forward to more than that? You know, honestly, they had me with the very first trailer. You know, I, I liked uh, Winter Soldier. I thought that was a fantastic film. I think it works well. And now that these two, the brothers Russo, is that what their name mm-hmm. is? Yeah. Uh, yes. Now that they're also doing Infinity War, you know, we're going to see how they can juggle this many characters in a story because Infinity War is going to be massive. That's going to be huge. I mean, that's got, what, a billion-dollar budget? And that's not t- counting uh, advertising or, or payout yeah. for the actors? No, that's, wow. that's going to be a massive, massive, massive undertaking. And there's still some... I don't know how true they are. I probably shouldn't even say it. Just If it doesn't happen, it'd be too big of a letdown. There's some rumor that there's going to be Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and all that from Netflix involved in Infinity War as well. How? They will, they will be the defenders. Yes, they will be the defenders. Um, happened street level, that'd be them. Yeah. So I, as amazing as that would be, we probably shouldn't get our expectations up that high. But how cool would it be to get that level of crossover? I mean, you can that? have a story that big. You just have to have a solid story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there aren't that many stories that are that big and, and good. You know, Very few. Very few. One that comes to mind is Justice League Avengers. Mm-hmm. That's a massive story with you know hundreds of characters, and it works. Yeah, and it only took thirty years to get that done. There you go, twice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or even the original Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh yeah, another very good story. Yep, I still I, it, about, right. Oh, yeah. I love Kingdom Come. Well, I don't know if I uh, told you guys, but me and Paul Vieira are actually going to do one night a week of Geekish Cast. Is going to be he and I reviewing. Uh, graphic novels, and we're starting with Dark Knight Returns, but I think we're going to do Kingdom Come next. Oh, okay, yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, and I, when is when are you going to schedule Watchmen? Um, Watchmen should be pretty early, but Watchmen is such a heavy read. I would like to have like a month to sit down and go through the book before we do it. Okay, you almost need a because, primer on the side. Oh, sure, yeah, you, you kind of <laughs> do because there are, there are sections in Watchmen that if you look at the book the individual issue that we're talking about, and I can't remember the number is, but the panels are reversed from front to back. Number six. Yeah, number six, that was it. It was the center book in the bunch. Watchmen is such a dense read that I want enough time to sit and go through it. Yeah, forget the movie, go to the book, read the book. just take your time. Don't forget that movie, because if you actually hit the center of that book with the center of the movie, they're the exact same moment. Are they really? Yep, I, can, I checked you know that. What? That's I, when Adrian Vett's being shot at. I actually really enjoyed the movie. I, I understand that it's different in a lot of ways. I do own the Blu-ray version that has the Black Freighter involved. Yeah, I was just going to ask, has anybody watched the full movie with the Black Freighter in the middle? Yep. Yes. How does that change yes. the movie? Well, it, it adds a context. It adds the same context almost to the story that it does in the comic. Okay. But there are so many people I have talked to about the comic who didn't understand the parallel between Veet and the pirate in the Black Freighter. That if they didn't get if 
if you didn't get it, it still doesn't help, is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Okay. Right. Yeah. And yeah. since I'd already seen all that when I was when I saw it all together, it really doesn't have any impact to me because I, you know, I just watched yeah. for the new footage of the uh, the newsstand. <laughs> oh yeah, there's the new yeah they do show more of the newsstand. Um, there's longer scenes with um, you see the lesbian so, couple and that stuff. Yeah, yeah, a lot more of the background characters are involved, but you also see like more scenes with um, oh Lori and uh, Doctor Manhattan and or Lori after Doctor Manhattan leaves. Oh yeah, dog lay down. Yeah, <laughs> lay down. Yeah, we've got that part. Yeah. Um, sorry. All right. No, 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 no. And that got us. That got us off there a little bit with the the Watchmen. But yeah, that is definitely what I'm looking forward to, John. And that is also one of those ones of just a huge, mm-hmm. huge movie. So anyway, um, getting back to the movies. Yes. Anyone else looking forward to X Men Apocalypse? I am, and I, I almost don't want to say it out loud, but I am. This okay. this whole move this whole year in movies. Basically, starting this month, I'm going to live in a movie theater almost to <laughs> the end of the year. Wait, wait, what about Deadpool? Come on. Um, You know what? I missed it. Oh, I can regret <laughs> I that. It. Yeah, I know. That I know. I'm going to see that, it on That DVD. is awesome in the theater. Yeah, but it's already having a negative effect on movie making as a whole. That's All right, so now, here's a good question for discussion. Mm-hmm. What does anybody think about the studios moving to R-rated superhero movies just because Deadpool did so well if if the movie warrants it let me let me throw you a um a possible situation okay let's say they go you know what guys we're going to make the killing joke and we're going to make it as a movie that movie should be rated R there are things in there that that little kids should not be exposed to and there are things in there for the gravity and grossness of the story to hit should be done in a rated R movie. But just to take a story <clears throat> and throw in some extra poop jokes and a pair of boobs to reach in a rated R, I don't think is warranted. For example, the, there are rumors and stories saying that the director's cut version of Batman versus Superman will be R-rated. That's not a rumor. That is that a fact. That is a fact, okay. That is a fact. So... What are they going to add to make it R-rated? Some more swear well, words, a little more violence? More violence. Um, okay, so, God, I am, I'm going to go to the conspiracy well one more time, guys. Um, there's an actress who has been cut out of Batman versus Superman, but whose scene will remain in the R-rated director's edition. It's Jenna Malone. I guess she was from the Hunger Games. Um a little piece of information was leaked that she is playing Barbara Gordon. Okay. Now, what scene with Barbara Gordon would be rated R but not allowed in a PG-13? And my guess is is the Joker shooting her and stripping her and photographing her. That's way... Uh, that, yeah, that's way... They would... I'm reaching, I'm reaching, but it's the only one that really jumps out at me well, as a scene shoot that could be What, when she's dead, take photos of her? Uh, did you read The Killing Joke, Paul? No. I missed it. Okay. Oh, yeah, you, you need to read that. <laughs> All right, Paul, I can't be your friend anymore. Yeah. Um, oh, so Paul, there's there's a scene in The Killing Joke. Uh, this is why Barbara Gordon was in a wheelchair for so long. There's a scene in The Killing Joke where there's a knock at Barbara Gordon's door. She answers the door, and it's the Joker. He shoots her in the spine, paralyzing her, strips her naked, possibly, we don't know for sure, possibly rapes her, but it was written by Alan Moore, so I'm going to say that the odds are better than 50-50. 
that he did. And then sent photographs of uh, his paralyzed stripped daughter to Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, but he also takes Commissioner Gordon prisoner, holds yes. him in the a circus or something like that. Yeah, and then uses all those pictures. Shows those photographs. To torture him. him. Yeah. Yep. Did you that guys hear like about who's Joker. been? It right. does. Did you guys hear who's been hired to play Commissioner Gordon in Justice League? Yes. Yep. Is that amazing or what? I think that's going to be outstanding. Mm-hmm. That guy is shilling or scared the living shit out of me. That guy has range. Okay, like sure, with the class. Uh, well, if I say J.K. Rowling's, that's the wrong person. It's J.K. Simmons. <laughs> J.K. Simmons, right. Okay, that's better. Yes. Yeah. Also known as J. Jonah Jameson in the original Spider-Man movies. Yep, and, and uh, Schellinger in Oz. Right, and, and so, wants to sell you some insurance. Right. And does want to sell insurance. And did he the get a... M&M. Oh, he is, oh, isn't he? Oh, that's right. Now, did he win an Academy Award for Whiplash? Yep. Yeah, yep. he did. Okay. Best Supporting Actor. He's in, yeah. he's in Zootopia, too. Another good oh, movie that's to go right. see right yeah. now. Zootopia, that's a good one, too? Outstanding. Okay. All right. But anyway, if we could get back to Batman versus Superman, sure thing. why would they film a scene with Barbara Gordon and the Joker... Or do you think they're filming it now to put it on the DVD? I'm not going to put anything past them. Um, I think very much they could be filming it now. They may want to go and experiment. Look, DC has done stories that are more adult at the same time as floating a mostly kid-friendly universe. But uh, the Green Arrow Longbow Hunters was not a story for kids. Killing Joke was not a story for kids. Okay, so it was Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen. Yep, yep. And their whole Vertigo line. Most yep. of that was, but, but but I'm going to stick with the Batman Green Arrow stuff because it shows that you can have a superhero universe that is mostly kid friendly and still occasionally wander off and doing a very adult story. The latest Batman cartoon is not kid friendly. No, which one? Uh, I'd have to look it up, but it's okay. it has where Batman's been kidnapped. He ends up being the actual criminal mastermind. Uh, Robin, uh, Nightwing, and Batwoman. Are looking for him. You've got um, Alfred, who goes to some extraordinary lengths to help Batman. Bad and blood. That's it. And oh, okay. that is a very that that's not a kid friendly DC movie. Well, you know what? Um, did you guys read Identity Crisis? Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Okay. Fantastic story. Not kid friendly. Too con- but too many plot twists for. <laughs> your yeah. standard uh, nine-year-old to fifteen-year-old, yeah, but it it took place right in the regular Justice League storyline continuity, and all of a sudden, Doctor Light, who had been a bumbling, ham-fisted jackass, is a horribly deviant ra- uh, rapist. And the only reason yeah. he's so bumbling is because the Justice League wiped his mind, fried his brain. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's not what heroes do, but that, nope. that's the whole point of the book. Yeah, kind of a mildly terrifying. Hey, guys, we need to get through one more episode, and Doug's going to have to run in about 35 minutes. So let's go ahead and wrap up on Spider-Man and Civil War. John, you got anything you want to add? No, I thought the trailer looked really good. Yeah, it would be interesting to see Spider-Man in the entire movie. I think it might oh, sure. might be a little too early to judge just from the trailer. No, I think yeah, I think you might be on to something. Doug, you got anything you want to add before we go from this topic? No, I'm good. Okay. How about you, Paul? I think it's having Spider-Man in this movie is the great way to introduce his reboot. I think so as well. I, I sure hope they don't fuck this up. That's really all super, I want to say. Having all the established mega heroes will be the great chaperones to a reboot. 
Right. Yeah, yeah I, I think you are correct. Um, all right, Paul, if people want to find you on the web, where can they look you up? PDSmith at DeviantArt.com. All right. How about you, Doug? Starkwork.com. Very good. And John? Yep, uh, VanishingPoint.biz. Fantastic. All right, guys, if you want to find us, we're at GeekishCast.com. At Facebook, we're at Facebook.com slash GeekishCast. I tweet from at the GeekishCast, and you can reach me on email, Jeremy at GeekishCast.com. I want to thank you all for listening, and come back tomorrow. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the new Star Trek movie and some sudden late-minute news that's breaking on the filming of the movie.